at some of our greatest teachers we look at our moms not just our moms but then the teachers that's in school then you have the like the essential workers or our nurses and you have people who are nurturing us and, and caring for us but here I have a sister she's teaching in a different way and not in a different way and I would say in an effective way for us in this 21st century and that's, she's an entrepreneur she has Fitting Room Gala, which is a boutique, and then she's into real estate. So when you listen, get your get your pen, get your pad. You might need to rewind this and so you get some tips. So have a good, please just listen. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? This is Al Hardy with uh, Al's Chicken and Waffles. I want to say thank you again for tuning in. Uh, and we call it Chicken and Waffles because Chicken and Waffles is, to me, the dynamic duo. You know, it's nothing better than chicken and waffles. Today, I have uh, a super, and I, I said it before, I just said it on my last interview, but I have a super dope young lady. Uh, she has uh, a, a, a boutique. She's um, a real estate mogul. <laughs> She's in real estate. Um, she's also a mom. Um, and, and, and what... Uh, what uh why she's so dope to me is because uh, uh not just because of that right it's because of her heart she uh what if you know me you know me for uh, a lot of people know me for the apparel that i do uh the alpha Quan hardy black men are dope black women are dope uh the black love is dope uh so they know me for that and uh nakia she has opened up her store she gave me gave me her store to do a pop-up which was super dope so i have miss nakia bomer here uh on the chicken and waffles podcast what's going on hey how is everyone doing uh -huh. good good hoping good. everyone is um staying very safe during this time yeah I had to put that out yeah put yeah. that out there yeah no no thank you thank you for that um now nakia um Please just let us know just who you are, who you are, um, you know, Miss Bomar. Let us know who you are. Okay. Uh, well, you, you definitely summed it up during the introduction, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much for that. No problem. Um, but I am, like you said, um, first and foremost, I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. um, three children. My oldest is 22. My middle is 15. And then my baby is almost two next month. Mm -hmm. um, um, I also own a, well, two actually, two boutiques. I own Fitting Room Gala, which is in South Orange. And I own Marble Rose, which is also in South Orange. Um, and then I'm also into New Venture, going into real estate. Um, been doing that for a few months now, and I love it. Um and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much who I am. So, so, so Nakia, so, um, so you, 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 have this super nice boutique in South mm -hmm. Orange, in South Orange. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how did you get there? Like, what was that process like you getting there? Um, um, you know, high school, did you go to college? What, 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 yeah. what was that process like? Right. Um, Yes, I, I definitely I graduated high school a long, long time ago. Um, <laughs> You're not that old. Don't do that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> um, and I was an adult college student, so I went all the way up to my master's, uh, went to Montclair State, um, got my MBA there in business management, obviously. Mm. Everyone knows what the MBA means. But um, I, I finished, well, during the, towards the end of me completing my MBA, um, you know, I opened up my first store, but I didn't know that I, I didn't, oh, I always had the passion for fashion, but mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what area of the fashion industry I would be into. 
Um, never thought that I would have my own boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, it was, what was it, uh, 2014, 14, 15, um, towards the end of my MBA, uh, I saw this little freestanding store in South Orange. And it's uh, most of you, well, my customers who do follow me, um, they know of the first location. We weren't always on South Orange Avenue. Mm-hmm. We were on Valley Street. And it was 325 Valley Street. It was like a little purple house. Um, but I saw that building and I said, you know what? I'm going to, you know, I love fashion. I'm going to put a boutique there. So I, you know, I inquired about the space and I actually did it before I, I started a business plan. Don't do that. <laughs> if you are interested in business, um, definitely do your research first before you, you know, jump into it. Mm. Um, especially during these times, because it, it's very, very competitive right now um, with, you know, the different platforms, mainly the online platform. So I did, I know I never wanted to do an online platform. I wanted to do more of a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that? And because I, I have a very um, strong desire to be around people. I'm very social. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the people interaction um, I'm very, you know, I'm very personal. I like, we're, we were missing, you know, women that shops a lot. Like we don't get the full experience of, um, you know, the, the whole shopping experience is not just about going to a store, picking out outfits, but you know, you want to interact with, you know, the employees or you want to interact with the owner. Um, and you want to get styling suggestions. So I, I saw that there was a market that was missing. And that's pretty much what my niche is. My niche is to focus more on, um, you know, driving the experience, um, getting to know my customers, um, being more of a personal shopper versus um, just like a regular boutique. So, 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 right, so let's 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 take a, a step back because I love because we we're going to dig into this a little bit deeper, right? Um, mm-hmm. What what like. Uh, where where did your passion for fashion come? Um, um, wow. I would say, I don't know, ever since I was maybe around 10, 11, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, you know, our parents were poor. Like, we didn't have money. Mm-hmm. And we, back in the day, there were magazines, fashion magazines, you know, different type word up magazines, but just different things mm-hmm. where you saw, like, you know, different styles um and you always wish that you can dress a certain way but you just didn't have the money mm-hmm. um so i've always was into fashion with just um you know following different trends back in the day following different trends right now i don't follow trends mm, um and it. that's another yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> hey listen it's, yeah yeah definitely <laughs> um but yeah i don't i'm more of a um um more of a i guess if you will more of a timeless i like timeless pieces statement pieces mm-hmm. um but yeah so back in the day is when i i had a you know a, a passion for fashion um up in, from middle school up into high school but like i said i didn't know what area i would be in i thought it was more on the um the corporate side or more the retail side where mm-hmm. i was working for a retailer and i you know i, I was a manager at h&m so mm-hmm. i did you know fashion um retail chains, but it just wasn't, I, I didn't feel, I wasn't fulfilled mm-hmm. working, you know, for someone else. So I, I wanted to work for myself. Um, and that's why I went back to school, you know, got my master's and I, I knew I was going to do something, but I just didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Let's, Whether so, it be a so, buyer. So let's wait, wait, let's, let's, let's go back. Cause so what you said you went back to school. So what did you get your bachelor's in? Fashion merchandising and management. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, yeah. so when you when you got your your bachelor's, what did you mm-hmm. do um, in that time? Like, did you have internships? What was that? What does that look like? Yeah, actually, um, I did my first internship not at a fashion, not in the fashion industry, but in the retail industry. So, mm-hmm. I wanted to um, kind of develop my experience on the retail on the the um, on the um, business side. And I chose um, I chose Target internship, mm. and Target internship. Their internship is it was fabulous. Um, we interned for like 
I would say eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And we learned a lot of uh, different things about business fundamentals, mm-hmm. um, just how to manage and run, you know, a, a big box store. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, they had, they, they kind of place you in the managerial area where they saw a fit for you. So they placed me in, of course, um, customer service experience. Mm-hmm. So I was a manager for customer service experience, um, and I did that for two years, and I, I still was like, no, this is this is just not it. You know, mm-hmm. at that time, I you know, I was married, I had children, you know, so I was still trying to find my way, but but as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it had its challenges, but I was still um, enjoying the, you know, that road of trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after Target... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wanted to go into fashion, mm-hmm. wanted to go back to the passion. Mm-hmm. And um, I went into um, working for H&M. I worked on 34th Street, 34th and 7th, okay. H&M. And what, what was that like working in the city? Oh, my God. As, and it, and as it pertains to, to fashion. <laughs> yeah? It was, yeah, well, you know what? The, the experience um, working for the store was horrible, but... If you look at it on a, a different area where they're, you know, fashion, you know, New York is fashion. You know, New York is is, um, you know, New York and LA. Those are the two place, two fashion hubs where you want to be. That's where it's at. Um, so I enjoyed um, learning about, you know, the business, you know, fashion um, through H and M, through Thirty Fourth and Seventh, through, through that area. But I just, I didn't like the commute. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. Um, it's just something about New York and, and um, New Jersey, just the dynamics of like, you know, one store versus the other. So, and I saw it like once I transferred back into New Jersey mm-hmm. or into New Jersey, I saw, um, you know, the change and, mm-hmm. and I was able to adapt a little more in New Jersey. And I loved it. I loved working for H&M. It okay. was great. So, so it was, but a, I still wasn't fulfilled. So in each, each uh, store, there was a different type of culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it so it wasn't uh, fluid. And so so I know like when you when when I think of like chain stores, you know, uh, was it they have same p- policies and processes, but uh, just the dynamic was it because of the different personalities? Um, um it was a combination of different things. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the culture definitely, it was definitely personalities. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, um, you know, when you are trying to find your way and you know, like, you know where you want to be in a sense, mm-hmm. um, if it's not a good fit, it wasn't a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, although I love the experience and, and the way that they put things together in terms of merchandising. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love that part, but I just, I did, I couldn't really get with, um, the, the, I mean, the policies, all of the best practices, all of those are, they were consistent throughout the whole entire company, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was the culture, it was the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, um, it, it was just too fast. It was just too, it was too fast for me. Mm-hmm. And I needed to, um, you know, I needed to step out and, 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 you know, kind of learn it in, in a in a different light because okay. I knew that's not where I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to do something bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was just passing through. <laughs> but you was learning. <laughs> you wasn't just mm-hmm. passing through. You was you was gaining information. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, learning yes. learning at the same time, absolutely. So, 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 so you went to Target and you learned, like, business fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And then you went to H&M and you was learning uh, – I guess processes and policies specifically when it came to uh, merchandising for, for, for clothes. Yes. Merchandising. So it was more, it was more hands-on. Okay. So target was more, um, I guess more technical, more, um, you know, like, like you said, fundamentals, just learning more, um, like more of an overview mm-hmm. of retail overall, mm-hmm. um, retail management overall. Okay. And, um, H&M was, you know, was more hands-on. Now, the difference between h and I learned a lot from both companies, mm-hmm. and I was able to, um, you know, uh, um, bring it into 
my locations, you mm-hmm. know, my, you know, into the boutiques. But with Target, there there was more high. They had more high technology. They had more. Their practices were more structured. Mm-hmm. You know, they have over two thousand stores. So mm-hmm. you know, um, things were just definitely different. They had more meetings. They had, um, you know, they just had more, um, just more control over their, you know, employee population and and different incentives. Just a lot of different practices that they had within the company. H and M was one at the time when I was there. They were, um, they were, they were new to the country. You know, they came from Europe. They were new mm-hmm. to the United States. So they were only, I guess, maybe five years, mm-hmm. five, six years they've been here. So as you as you know, like it's when you're new to the country and then you're not, everything is just so, um, you know, the, just the different technologies that they were using um, to run sales forecasts and, you know, just different things. It was so manual. Mm-hmm. But it's good when you're learning when you're learning um, the different processes. You don't you want to learn from you know step one to step five. You know, so I was able to um, learn a lot from both. That's dope. That's dope. So mm-hmm. okay, so you went there. So now, and uh, and we, we we've we've had prior conversations, um, mm-hmm. uh, and we was talking about uh, entrepreneurialism, being an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that uh, I, I would say that spoke volumes to me was your process from going from transitioning to being a full-time entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what did that look like for you? Um, it, you know, it, I just did it. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't like a pre-planned type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a decision within six months. It was done. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, now after after I worked for um, H and M, I went back to. I went to corporate after that mm-hmm. um, because I felt like okay, I needed. St- I still needed sustainability. Remember, I had. You know. Um, I have a family and, mm-hmm. you know, benefits and so on and so forth. And there was fear, mm-hmm. you know, fear was always was in my way of kind of taking that leap and going into mm-hmm. doing entrepreneurship. So um, I worked at Rutgers mm-hmm. and I was and you know, I was in recruitment management. So mm-hmm. I've, like I said, I've always had jobs where I, I always dealt with people directly because people that's, that's my big passion. My passion is people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just, it, it was, it was, it was definitely a transition. It was definitely a transition. It was a great transition. Um, but I kind of let, I guess I removed fear and, and just, just went for it. Now, uh, and, and that's when you just went all in and that's when you had the, 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 the store in South Orange, the first store in South Orange. Yes. The first store in South Orange, um, I actually, started it off there was still some fear Mm -hmm. and i started it off with um i had a partner Mm -hmm. i had a partner for a very brief time Mm -hmm. um three months at the most Mm -hmm. um and i was still like one of my i had one foot in the door um with the boutique and i still was working at Rutgers. so i wasn't there full time i was there part time for about a a year Mm. um and it wasn't it it wasn't doing as well as it's not, it didn't do as well as it is doing now mm-hmm. because you know, now is, I'm, I'm there a hundred percent. I gave it a hundred percent. But it was still, you know, it was still doing well. My hours were very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was just not, you know, I, I just didn't, I just didn't give it a hundred percent. Okay, because you had a lot going on. So, uh, and you know, being being uh, so, I had a barber shop. I had a barber shop, and uh, and and in that time, it, I had uh, I was having my children. I was married. Have I have had the, the the kids, the kiddos, and mm-hmm. um, but it was a struggle because everything was fresh and new. You know, right. j- just just being married, having the children, um, they were young and and then the barbershop wasn't maybe two or three years into 
into everything. So what happened for me was uh, my ex-wife, she didn't work um, at the time. So uh, she she worked when, 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 when she had the kids, but, you know, um, I had to, I was working another job. So for, for health benefits and it became a lot, you know what I mean? Taking, I felt like I was taking on the world, you know? Right. And, um, so when you say you made that leap of faith, uh, towards the business, um, I made it the the opposite way. You know what I mean? I sold my business, you know what I mean? Mm. And I think, uh, what, what would I sell it again? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I think it wasn't the business for me. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But for you, this is what you always wanted to do because every time, we, like when we're talking, I hear that, you know, you weren't fulfilled and this was a space where you could find fulfillment. Am I, absolutely. Am I, am I, am I correct? Now, yes, absolutely. Now, uh, as you was finding fulfillment, what did that look like from a business perspective right because you know you you, you're learning from uh in target h&m but they wasn't having the i guess the experience that you wanted so what did that fulfillment look like from a business perspective um well i i guess i didn't i let me just clear this up i i didn't feel fulfilled at target um Mm -hmm. But then when I went to H and M, I felt fulfilled. It was a it was a temporary fulfillment mm-hmm. because remember, I knew I was going to do. I was my passion was um, people. My passion was fashion, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that I it would, would I would open a boutique. Mm-hmm. I thought management was a fulfillment. But okay. then when I left there and I went to Rutgers, I felt another temporary fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't in fashion, but I was still working directly with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh-oh. Hi. I'm sorry. No problem. <laughs> Here. Yeah. Uh-oh. Huh? Yeah, hello. I'm so sorry about that. Um, the little guy just he woke up from his nap and it took me off. Um, my thought process, but um, now what were we talking about? I'm so sorry. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Yes. Okay. So, um, like I said, there was temporary fulfillment throughout the course of my different experiences from different, you know, from different um, jobs. Um, but then once I got into um, the boutique, I felt. I felt I still didn't feel fulfilled um, for the, from the first boutique, and that's mainly because um, I wasn't there full time, mm. you know. And mm. I was, you know, I was still at Rutgers, giving Rutgers eighty um, percent of me versus giving and giving my business only twenty percent. Mm. You know, I would literally, um, I had an employee there, and I would literally be there maybe two hours a day for four to five days a week. And that's, you know, and as a business owner, you already know you're mm-hmm. working more than 50 plus hours a week mm-hmm. um, for your business. Although it doesn't feel like work, but that's what you give to your business. Um, so I, I still didn't feel fulfilled. And once I made that, that decision to um, just, you know, I set myself, I said, you know what, January, January, 2015, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know, no, January, 2016. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, I said, you know what, by August, I'll be, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to resign and I'm going to give my, my boutique a hundred percent. And I did, um, before August came, mm-hmm. um, I found a new location. Mm-hmm. Um, I renovated the new, the new location. Mm-hmm. Um, I left my job mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and I, ha- I haven't looked back since. That's, and that's... it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tripled in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an online platform right now. Um, I was able to hire, you know, to create more jobs for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know, and and a host of other things that we're we're you know we're getting into. We do pop ups. We do a whole bunch of different things um, to service the people, um, not just bring them fashion, but also to you know create opportunities for other businesses. That's dope. Um, that's dope. That's how I, you and I met. You know, so mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I would agree. I I wanna I wanna go to this right. I wanna go to. Mm-hmm the experience right because you're mm-hmm. very uh i would say uh passionate about uh your boutique giving mm-hmm. people an experience when they come in um and yes. when, when you, you know and w- so what does that look like you know because um, i think you're gonna ask me that question <laughs> <laughs> no no that's a good question thank you <laughs> but the, the reason i, I asked that question is because um in our community, right, um, mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, our customer service experience isn't always at uh, up to par. Yes. I get it. Yeah. Yep. And so, mm-hmm. so, so the difference is, and then when I hear sisters like you know, they say like when I go up to Short Hills and I go to the Gucci store, or when I go here, you know, um, it's it's not about it's not just about the product; it's about the customer service experience that they have. So absolutely. So why is that so important to you? Well, you know, customer ter- customer service. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, customer service and customer experience, um, they, they're two different things. A Mm -hmm. lot of people think that they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you can provide service to someone, you know, just by, if they need another size or, you know, just being attentive to them. Mm -hmm. But the experience is, this experience basically, it creates customer retention. So if explain you that, explain that retention, customer retention, meaning that um, you're a repeat, a repeat customer, you will keep mm. your customer, customer loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that experience, it's all about being personal. You know, you have to provide personal um, experience or, you know, or, or you, you give them, you make them want to come back. Mm. There's nothing in my boutique um, that someone else cannot sell. Uh-huh. You understand? Uh-huh. Um, there's plenty of people selling, uh-huh. and and we all have different price points. Uh-huh. But if you have customer retention, or if you have you give customers, um, if it's all if you give them great exper- a great experience, they will come back. They will not. Um, they come back because of you. You know, they come back because of the experience and the experience ties into building a brand. So it's like a whole, it's like a red thread, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, a host of different things that, you know, you can't just open up a boutique or you can't just open up a business and think that you're going to be established if you, if you don't have, if you don't differentiate yourself. And mm-hmm. that's how we differentiate ourselves. It's not, you know, our experience includes customer service. Mm-hmm. You know, we make sure that um, we are attentive to them. We make sure that um, we help them to the fitting room, but we also, um, you know, we compliment them. We give them things according to what looks good on them. If it doesn't look good, we let we were honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what you does know, that we, look like being honest with somebody? If you know, they're very open. See, women when they are um, when they trust you, mm-hmm. they don't take your honesty as an insult. Mm. You know, um, and, and, you know, it, it's easy. That, that's the easy part. You know, the trust is the easy part. Once they trust you, you, you have them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, when you have them, you, you have to make sure that they look good. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to make sure that you understand how they're, you, you know, their bodies and you know what looks good you know, what looks flattering on them versus what doesn't, mm-hmm. you, you know, and you be honest and then you give them different suggestions and then you give them suggestions that you don't even have in your store. So though it's, then it becomes not about the money. It becomes not about, um, you, sp- them spending more in your store. Um, it, you know, it's just, it's, it's the experience, it's the loyalty and it's the honesty. So, um, so, so but I just want to step back. How do you, mm-hmm. cause you said it's easy, but it's not easy for everybody to build that trust with, with, with the customer. This, this sounds like relationship counseling too, but, but how, <laughs> how, how do you, how do you build, 
you know that trust with your with your customers like what 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 does that you know is what does that start with you know um what does it start with it well okay i mean from the time they walk in the door you know it's uh, it's yeah it definitely starts from that we have more customers um walking customers than we do online and we do a really good job with servicing our customers that walk in and it does start when they walk through the door Mm. you know we we get we get down and dirty. We ask them personal questions like, hey, you know, um, are you looking for anything in particular? And, you know, the basic questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're, no, I'm just browsing. Okay, do you have, do, are you going to an event? And we just, we just open them up. Okay. Do you want a glass of wine? Do you want a bottle of water? Um, you know, and then we tell them about different styles and stuff like that. And then once they fill the vibe, Mm-hmm. then they become more open, mm-hmm. you know, and then they become personal. Mm-hmm. And the boutique shopping is very therapeutic, mm. you know, and if you tap into that, if you tap into that therapeutic, if you're like a fashion therapist, basically, <laughs> if you tap into that, that's a way, you know, that you have them. And you're right. Everybody cannot, um, you know, create loyalty or, you know, create, you know, having, you know, have their customers trust them, but it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. You know, if remember like every job that I had, it was always about, you know, that's my passion. My passion is people, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not, if you're not a people's person, you know, some, some, you know, businesses are just not for you, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just have to accept like, all right, yeah, you know, I like, fashion and you know i want a boutique but i'm mean as hell like i don't want nobody you know like and so you you gotta know you first and foremost and then the people that you hire you know they have to be a reflection of you Mm. they you know they can't not service the customers because then you always have to be in the store make you know making um uh you know helping customers because they don't trust nobody but you. So Nakia, so and, so, uh-huh. so not, not, not to not to stop you but to stop you. I think so for for many for for many business owners, right? Uh-huh. And you might and I might see this more so in barbershops and salons, right? Is mm-hmm. that let's just say uh uh you you have somebody with a good eye, right? Um or mm-hmm. or understands fashion. But mm-hmm. uh you might people might hire them because of that, but because they don't have that customer service um, personality or they're not a people person. um, Mm -hmm. Do you, do do you still hire them or do you just try to wait? Because sometimes you need need help. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how, Mm -hmm. what what does that look like? You know, if like, do you find, because you said they have to be a reflection of you. How Mm -hmm. do you find these people? Um, Okay. And develop. It's not, yeah, it's not easy. It, it, I'm glad you said develop and develop them because that that was something that I was going to add on to. It's you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, when you interview people and you go through it's it's a learning curve as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a boutique owner, whatever. Mm-hmm. You go through a learning curve, you know, and you go through a learning curve in different areas. And one of the areas that you 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 hit is you know employees and then employee retention. You know, um, as far as retail, we all know retail is like a revolving door. Mm-hmm. You don't really um, keep the same employees for a long time mm-hmm. because it's, that's just how retail is. And mm-hmm. I don't know how it is with barbershops, I don't, but I know what retails, you know, with with that, it's it's just that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So I had to go through different employees, you know, um, it's not, you want to make sure your employees are trustworthy, mm-hmm. you know, not going to steal from you when you're not there. You know, um, like you said, they can be mean or they can be nice and or whatever. They, they have different things that doesn't represent your brand. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's a learning curve. Like I had one young lady. I just lost. Her. I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so sad. Um, but she was with me for three years. Mm. Um and that is not something that is common, you know, especially in, in the retail industry. Mm-hmm. And um, she she was very, um, very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, she she didn't have. Um, I guess she she was a reflection of me, but in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, my my goal 
whoever's around me, I'm all about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I'm all about uh, entrepreneurship, um, entrepreneurial um, spirit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm always trying to push the envelope. Come on, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur. You want to do this. You want to do that. What's your next step? So on and so forth. But, you know, some people just don't have that drive. Um, so when I say a reflection of me, it's or a reflection of whoever, whatever business you own, you want someone that is just like you to, to help you, um, you know, do the functionalities and, and, and help manage your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard to, to, to get that. So I came very close with a few of my employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm very blessed for that. So that's, 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 that's dope. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, the late great Kobe Bryant. What do they all have in common? It's not that they just won championships. Is more than them winning four rings, five rings, or six rings like Mike. They all had a coach, and that coach was Phil Jackson. He helped them through the process. And that's my goal, is to help you through the process with our coaching sessions. When you come to me, I want to see you develop in the area of leadership, team and culture building, and conflict resolution. And this is very important to me, emotional intelligence development. So I don't want to see you just be good. I want to see you be great. Go to www.mralhardy.com forward slash coaching session. Promo code Owls Chicken and Waffles. Like like what you're saying is in being an entrepreneur, um, I think the goal is duplication right um Mm -hmm. and uh and not necessarily you opening up another boutique but uh, but just the um like what we said about uh like the targets the h&ms is the the process and the policies um of the leader you know what i mean and sharing that vision um so do you have constant meetings How, how how does you know um, with them or do you walk them through a process or um, how did you develop, you know, these individuals? Right. No, I understand. Um, so what we used to do um, now with everything that's going on, my staff is very, it's very small at one time when we, and even if it's small, we always had um, meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Fridays we have meetings we do threads Um you know, we do kudos. We do a lot of um, recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we um, we did vision boards. We we just we do a lot of interacting with with the staff. Well, I do a lot of interaction with the staff, and I always I have this thing where um, I don't I never say I I I I. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always we. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just me, it's we. Mm-hmm. You know, or even if it's just me and, and and one of my staff, it's we. It's us. We are building this brand together. You always have to recognize and appreciate your staff when they feel like um, they are appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, they will work for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, with with retail, it's it's just hard because you know you, you have to cut hours. You have to. Um, you know, you have to give hours according to sales forecast and according to sales, mm-hmm. you know, actual sales. So that's how, um, you know, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. It's, you know, it, it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. And that's how I lost a few, you know, a few of my staff. They don't leave because they're just horrible or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or they don't like the business. It's just because I can't, um, at, it, it's not a consistent year round where they are um you know full-time employees mm-hmm. but anyway um um we you know i just i do a lot of um training i do um anything that i know i give it to them you know when i did when i do um um like different collections that I have, different mm-hmm. different collections. They they travel with me. Mm-hmm. They've traveled to LA with me. They travel to China with me. They travel mm-hmm. to um, you know, um, um, 
we go to New York from time to time to the different trade shows. Mm-hmm. So they are learning the business. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to become, if they wanted to open up their own boutique, they know how to. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't hold any information. You know, I'm here, like I said, my, my passion is to service people and I am an educator. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I see myself. Mm-hmm. So what I know, you're going to know. That's good. What you choose to do with the information, that's mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's, so they, they always, they got that on, you know, on the spot training. They went to different events. We did events together to duplicate what we saw with, um, with other events. They got a lot of, um, you know, experience, exposure. Mm. And that's what it's all about. I didn't keep the information for myself, you know? That's, that's good. That's good. Um, so you went from one boutique to another boutique. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what was that process like? How did, how did you get, you know, because you have two boutiques in the same, uh, like on the same block, same side. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what was that like? Um... I mean, it was it was great. I mean, we have two different boutiques, and it's it's they're they're targeting two different audiences. Um, City Room Gala is more of um, the the demographics is between I would say between twenty eight to all the way up to sixty seventy years old, um, and we focus on statement pieces, timeless pieces, um, quality pieces. Whereas Marble Rose is more it's more trend you know, more trend, fast fashion, um, and, you know, pieces that are not, that doesn't last, you know, you, you know, just time, like fast fashion, mm-hmm. like Zara, you know, those sort of things, different, um, different, like, it's like an online store. Okay. Um, and it, it, it's great. It's, it's definitely different from sitting on gala because sitting on gala is more established. We've been around for four years. Mm-hmm. We, we have a different clientele. Um, we have, um, you know, we have our loyalty program. We have, you know, we have a, a host of customers versus um, Marble Rose. It was like, wow, okay, this is, we have to build this brand, mm-hmm. you know, and we're still, you know, trying to build and then trying to understand, tapping into that market, trying to understand that that audience is very difficult for me um, because it's not my age group. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, so yeah, so so it's just, yeah, it's a transition. <laughs> no, I, I get you, I get you. Is it because it's uh, like? How, I, I guess the question is is because when we think of different demographics, right? Um, mm-hmm. Age demographics. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it the need the the style is more different, or is it the engagement is different? Like do, yeah, everything. Yeah, everything. Everything. Okay. Uh, they, they do not communicate. <laughs> they, you can't bring in the same, um, the same, like sitting room galas concept and fashion boutique experience does not work for Marble Rose. They don't give a damn about you being, you know, giving them experience. They want, you know, they know what they want. These are the millennials, you know, the what you know, the, the younger population. They mm-hmm. they know what they want, they want to get it and they want to go, they want to take pictures in your mirrors, they want mm-hmm. you know, they don't care about um you servicing them. Mm-hmm. Um and then as far as the style is concerned, the style trend the trends change so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, um and for me, I don't like I don't follow trends. Mm-hmm. So that's a disadvantage for me. But my staff does. Mm-hmm. Like, my staff, they are all, um, you know, in their 20s. Okay. So they will follow trends. I don't I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that, you know. Yeah. Um, and they, some of the styles I, I don't even, I don't agree with, but that's just what's selling. You yeah, know, so yeah. so so you know. so like so let's let's talk about that, right? So a trend. How long does like so? Because you we you talk about timeless pieces, but how uh-huh. long does a trend kind of last in in, in the oh, fashion? Oh lord, world? um, as quick as not long, maybe six weeks, six to eight weeks. But there's different trends. Mm-hmm. It's not just one particular trend. There's so many different layers of, of different trends. And 
you know, it it's just it's hard to keep up with. And that's why you have you have to be trendsetting. You have to do things your way. I've always um I don't know, I've always grown up to do things the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I do it with my business, I do it with my fashion, I do it with selecting styles. So Marble Rose is definitely I'm out of my comfort zone. Okay. And so it's it's a challenge, but it's it's very interesting to see or to you know it's a challenge to me, and I love challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So would you would you say would you say the trend like? Be, I mean because you know they say things happen in cycles. So like, I know uh-huh. my kids they they love the '90s. They asked me about the '90s and like I, when I was young. Uh, I was asking my pops and my moms about the 80s. You know, I mean, not the mm-hmm. 80s, about the 70s. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, do you see a lot of what it is that we were doing when we were young coming back around? Um, yes, and yes, I do. Um, but then there's vintage style. Okay. Um, vintage pieces are definitely, um, they're trending. Um, a lot of them do thrifting. I don't yes. know if you've ever heard. Yeah, so they do yeah. thrifting. Um, I thrift myself. And, yeah, but it's on a different level with them. They'll get it and they'll cut it up or they'll... It, 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 it's just a different level. Yeah, but yeah, I, um, I, I but thrifting it. is cool. Thrifting yeah. is really cool. Um, but, yeah, so they do that. And then there's other things. You know, I, I don't know if you... Um, how... If you follow trend on Instagram or if you see, like, the different styles on Instagram... You know, with the Instagram models, they, mm. they're not, you know, a lot of them are not um, thrifting. They're wearing, you know, Fashion Nova and all these different, you know, um, fast fashion pieces. Okay, you know, so, less so that. That, that, let's, let's just stop right there because um, when we think about uh, uh, Fashion Nova, Fashion Nova and mm-hmm. those type of and, and some would even say H&M and those are fast, mm-hmm. fast fashion um, mm-hmm. they kind of uh, do they kind of do they what's the word do they kind of get into the mark do they kind of take from the market like you know uh, like so if you created a style right mm-hmm. uh, you'll see like the Zara's the, the, the H&M's the Fashion Nova's they'll, they'll take it and mass produce it and then they'll kind of trend it, and then it'll go away qu- kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. Is, um, is that is that the process, or for for a lot of these? Um, I, I mean, I guess you can say that. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess you can say that. Because. But- no, because because uh, you know you have you have your because you, you, I mean I know that's a big thing for a lot of designers, like you know, um, like designers who 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 put their uh, their hard work into right. developing something, mm-hmm. and then you see uh, a fashion over or just you know what I mean or or a Zara just take what somebody else done. And then they just mass produce it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, you know. So I know that's been. I've 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 heard, and I know that's been a big thing, right? Right. No. I okay. I see where you're going. Um. Yeah. That that is definitely that is a disadvantage to a lot of designers, especially emerging designers, mm-hmm. um, because of the mass production. They they have the capacity to do that, um, and then also the price points. The price points get hindered, um, because just think about it. If you're a designer and you're, you know, you have your fat, you have your fabrics, you have your, you know, you have to create the design. You have to get, um, you have to get um, the sample created. Then you have to get it reproduced. It's it's really expensive, and you're trying to build a brand. And then you have other companies such as Zara, H and M, um, Fashion Nova, who come out with something that you know that looks like your design, and the price point is probably twice as less than yours mm-hmm. um it, it can be a bit of a you know it's it's difficult um but i mean fashion within itself is um extremely competitive um and you have to find a way to stay in the game you have to have a niche you have to be you know different you have to have a differentiation and 
you can still, there's so many garments or so many different styles that are like these other big companies that are mass producing them. And you can still, you know, you can still win mm-hmm. as a fashion designer, but it's, 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 it's quite competitive. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and would you say that too with, with boutiques? Um, because, oh my God, yes. Cause you mm-hmm. know, I know, you know, a lot of, a lot of sisters, they get, get a little bit of money, you know, then they want to get a boutique and, <laughs> and, and, you know what I mean? And, and it could be, and it could be competitive, right? Um, right. But is it, is it sustainable? It can be competitive, but is it sustainable? And how long is it sustainable for, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, everybody get, you know, anyone can start a boutique. Anyone can start an online boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what makes you different? You know, it's it's about the brand. It's about branding yourself, you being the face of your brand. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, um, you know, in my case, um, it was about the boutique experience, you know, with the brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my differentiation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it does, it's not about the price, you know, but mm-hmm. with online, it's about the price and the brand. It's just, mm. it's very competitive. And a lot of people say, oh, it's so saturated. Oh, you can't make money, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's not true. Mm. You know, everybody has um, a different style to them. We're all unique. No mm. one is, there's no carbon copy of you anywhere. Like, you are unique. Mm. You just have to, um, you know, you just you just have to find a way to, to stand out. Um, but... It is very competitive. And what's happening now um, in the fashion industry, especially with boutiques, the manufacturers are now trying to sell online. They're trying to cut the, um, you know, they're trying to cut the retailer out. Mm. So what they're doing is that the manufacturers and the wholesalers, they're they're selling directly to the consumer Mm. for a cheaper price. And, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, it's very hard. You have your brand um, because, you know, when you do have a boutique, you want to have more than, you know, you want to have at least 10, 20 brand, different brands in your boutique, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you can, you know, switch up the different styles and so on and so forth. But, you know, you have some brands that will not sell directly to the, the, um, the consumers. And then they, when they do have, they have a website or they have, they sell to the consumers, but it's always three times, you know, they, they make sure that you're protected as a boutique owner. Mm. So when you do find, you know, if you are interested or if, you know, ladies are interested in, in setting up a boutique, make sure you know about your, the brands and build, you know, business relationships with them to see what direction they're going into because they'll get you jammed up. They'll sell directly to the customers. And then it's like, okay, you know, you have people saying, okay, well, she's selling that two times or three times more than what it costs, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just, it, it, it becomes messy at that point. So, so we all have to work. We are like, we don't just buy the garment and then we just, you know, there's mm-hmm. different levels to this. You yeah. know, there's, you know, you got to showcase everything you have to, you know, there's work behind it. Yeah. There's shipping, there's all type of, you know, labor, all of these different things play a factor. So definitely. So, so do you have in your boutique, do you have any exclusive deals with anybody? Um, no. What do you mean? Ex- uh, exclusive, like. Like, with with the um, different vendors, vendors, certain designers, or anything of that nature. Um, well, right now I don't have any emerging designers mm-hmm. or any independent designers in the boutique. We mm-hmm. used to do that. We used to have um, before we started the pop up. We do pop up events, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but we we don't. Um, we used to do. We used to have different emerging designers um, have uh, their collections in the store. They'll have it in for a certain time period, and then we'll um, work out a contract where we'll get a percentage of what they sell. And if they didn't sell anything, we didn't make anything. And that wasn't really conducive to the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we kind of eliminated that. So now what we do offer is we give um, what is a designer or um, – 
you know, anyone that's selling different product, whatever, we, we give them an opportunity to collaborate with us, whether it be us um, um, selling our products at the same time or whether it's just be them running out the space so they can, um, you know, um, get their products out and, and have a good reach to the customer. So wearing the Black Men Are Dope and Black Women Are Dope shirts has been pretty amazing. Like I would walk around and people would look at my shirt and there are some people who looked very uncomfortable, but then there were people who were nodding in agreement. And that just boosted up this sense of pride that I have of being a strong Black woman as well as being having having strong black men in my life and I just want to share that message with the world and a lot of the times we think that we can only share that message from verbally you know talking about our black our black men and black women being so dope but you know what I can share that message without even opening my mouth and saying the word I just put the shirt on and walk around and let the and I'll let the fashion speak for itself go to www.mrihardy.com forward slash shop and put in the promo code chicken and waffles so I, I have a couple more questions and then i know you got to get back to the baby <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> all right so so um the, the the next question i have is um are there any emerging black uh designers that you're like that you kind of you might not they might not be in the shop, but you know that you're kind of like uh, that. You see, that's doing their thing. Yes. Um, shout out to J. P. Harper, NYC. Okay. Ladies, whoever, ladies, guys, please, please, please um, check these ladies out. Um, I think it's. I don't know them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was introduced through DM. Um, to one of the, the, the co-founders of the brand. Um, they do, I believe they sell a few, very few pieces that are not theirs, but for the most part, they are so dope. They are so super creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going to work, to, like we had a conversation, a brief conversation about working, um, you know, collaborating. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are actually opening up a store. Okay. I don't know where the store is, but yeah, I would definitely love to work with them, um, whether it be a collaboration. Um, you know, they're pretty dope. Um, is there anyone else? There is another... There's so many. There's so many, but this one is in particular um, because they're they're just starting out. I mean, I, I guess they've been in it for a while, but they, you know, they, they're getting their feet more wet. They're opening up their first store. Um, that I know of. I don't know if they've had a store in the past, but, you know, it's a good buzz. So definitely check them out. J.P. Harper, NYC. Um, I think their Instagram is jp.harperNYC. Okay. Uh, this is the last question. Um, you're, you're, you're transitioning into real estate. Um, yes, real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, why, why, did, why, why are you doing that? And, um, and how has it been going? Okay. I'm doing that. Um, listen, I think it's there. Although, yes, get into your passion, be an entrepreneur in whatever field you decide to be in. That's great. Love it. But you and I both know um, that you definitely need multiple streams of income in order for you to create leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say leverage, you know, there's always, you know, a season where your business is not doing as well as it did um, or there's a particular month or whatever it is. So you need to leverage yourself. Um, and real estate, I chose real estate because um, I, I love to see transition, whether it be in people, mm-hmm. myself, um, a house. I love to turn something ugly into something beautiful. Um, so I chose real estate. Um, it is freaking hard (laughs) it's not easy um but i love it because um it number one um it's always going to be around real estate is the way to 
sustain income. It's it's my retirement plan. Hmm. The boutique is not my retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Um, the boutique is, it, I, I may have it in three years. I may have it in 20. I may have it in 10. I may have it in one. Mm-hmm. You understand, you know, especially with everything that's going on right now, mm-hmm. the non-essential businesses, we took the hardest hit, mm-hmm. you know, and we have no income coming in. Mm-hmm. But because of real estate, I have income still. I have an income, a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and real estate, whether it be you, um, I buy, flip, and sell um, properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm, I'm getting into holding a few properties as well. Um, but you know, whether it be that, whether it be you being an investor, mm-hmm. if you have, if you have money just sitting in a bank collecting what less than a percentage, then you, you can't have that. You need to make your money work for you. This is what these seasoned rich people do. They make their money work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not always about being liquid. Like when you, when you're liquid, you know, how are you, how are you, creating wealth for yourself by having your money just sit there. Mm. So, um, you know, I started off with, I invested first. So I invest, I started off with 20 grand mm-hmm. and I invested. Um, and you can start off with five. Like my daughter, she's 22. I'm like throwing real estate down her throat. Um, and she started off with 5,000 mm-hmm. and she made 7,000, you know, total in four months. Mm. Like you're not finding, you're not having your money sit in the bank for four months and you're making two thousand dollars. It's yeah. just not happening. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's you know that's my thing, and then I'm teaching my children how to invest their money um, because they're not learning this shit in school. Excuse me, I know you can't can you say that, but no. they're not. <laughs> they're not learning. They're not learning um, about finances in school. Whether they're not learning it, you know, yeah. they're not learning how to create wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so real estate is what it is. I'm going to do this until the day I die. Even with what's going on now, um, a lot of people think that the house market is not going to be good. We're going to go through a recession. Real estate will always be around. That's like cool. once this is done, said and done, like the interest rates, they got interest rates at zero percent right now. Mm-hmm. And once this is done and once it's climbing up, this is, you know, the interest rates are going to be really low and people are going to still buy properties and they want to, they're going to either want to refinance or they want to jump into a property with a low interest rate. Mm-hmm. So the house market is going to, it's, it's booming. It's still going to be booming. So I'm not, it's, we're at a halt, right? We're not really at a halt, but, you know, we're not moving as fast as we, we did mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. So, so but, yeah, this is it's great. This is excellent. So, Miss Miss Bomer, Bomar, yes. right? Miss Bomar, Miss Bomar. So, 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 a couple of things. Um, I, I definitely, uh, since I got you on the podcast, now I'm gonna lock you in because I want to do this Monopoly Mondays. Um, I want to do it. I, I want to do a, a, a live. I want to do a, 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 a IG live. We could do that, and then I want to do it. At uh at the community center, uh where uh where where I work at, so I'm I'm trying to lock you in right now, or I might have to oh. edit this. <laughs> oh man! Okay. <laughs> All right, you got me for the first Monday. I'll see what it's about. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. We no, because because I, I, I believe that people need to need to hear about not just um about the real estate and then. And then this, but I think after people hear this this podcast, they they're going to be intrigued even more. Um, I, but I just want to say thank you, thank you for the work that you've been doing. Um, thank you for being a sister, a, a, a super dope sister. You know, three children, um, and and providing for 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 all three, uh, supporting them. Um, you know what I mean. You got a dope mom, uh, and and then developing and teaching. Um, not just women, but you know the young men, um, your sons, uh, about fin- finances, and but not, but even more than that, like the morals and the values that, and the integrity that comes with uh, managing your money and how to make money. You know what I mean? So I just want to say thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. No doubt. Um. And. Whatever I can do to help, I'm here. And thank you so much for um, 
you know, just doing this podcast in light of everything, I think is very important. I think the work that you do is phenomenal. Keep, you know, motivating us. Keep coming out with these dope sweaters that you do. <laughs> um, if you guys have not purchased um, your Black Men, Black Women is Dope t-shirt, sweatshirt, definitely check Al out. He is official. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> He's official. The brand is dope. Um, and he's, he's a pretty dope guy. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate this. Now, Nakia, how can people follow you, find the boutique? Um, if they had any questions, how can they reach you? Um, well, I have Instagram, so you can definitely reach out to me on Instagram for the boutique. It's at Fitting Room Gala. Um, and for my personal page, it's at Nakia, N-I-K-I-A. Omar B O M A R. You can DM me um, with your questions. Um, well, well, I well you're just going to be business DMs. We ain't going. Oh yeah, <laughs> Guys. yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I will block. Listen, I'll block you in a minute. I'll block you in a minute. So um, yeah, strictly business. Definitely, you know, hit me up if you have any questions about how to start, um, you know, how to operate a boutique or, you know, um, if you are an existing boutique, how to increase sales, whatever it is, I'm here. Um, if you have any questions about um, I'm an emerging uh, real estate developer, so bear with me. Um, so if you have any questions about real estate, I'm here. Um, if anything that I don't know, I definitely have the resources to get you your answers. So hit me up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, no problem. Have a good one. You too. Hopefully after this one, you have to understand that growth is so inevitable. It's imperative that we all grow. We all go to another level. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about growth. And how can you grow in a comfortable space? So during this time, we want to make this a space where you could grow in your relationship, not just with other people, but your relationship with yourself, your finances, and then you'll be able to lead effectively.